I should always greet you in December with a Merry Christmas. Hard to believe this year has flown by and we're already at Christmas time. What an honor for us to be partners with you. We've had a busy and crazy year here at Winning at Home as we continue to grow and expand. Most of you probably are aware that we have reached out now and have a Tampa Bay Winning at Home, a friend of mine, Phil Lewis, asked to be a part of leading a ministry there and using our focus and our ideas of helping families grow and become more healthy. And so Phil Lewis is overseeing that ministry. We have four counselors there. And thank you for praying as we continue to expand that God would would bless these efforts and these endeavors. Let me also let you know that we continue to work to expand into the Highland area as we reach downtown on 16th Street. We're calling it the miracle on 16th Street because so many wonderful things happen to help make this process come about. Of course, we know it won't be without its challenges, so I ask you to continue to pray for us as we reach into the neighborhoods of those who are underprivileged and don't have many of the opportunities that me and you have. And so today, we appreciate your prayers for that. We believe it's what Christ would do, and we're seeking to honor him. And so it would be fitting we would spend a little time talking about Christ coming, coming not only into our lives, but coming into this world. Uh, Alan has joined me here in the studio. We're going to banter back and forth a bit about Christmas, and we love to talk about the theme of Christmas, and with it being this time of year, we would be amiss if we didn't talk about Christmas. So, Alan, good morning. Hey, good morning. Afternoon, whatever it is. Right, yeah, when you're listening. So Yeah, Yeah. that's right, whatever you're listening to. So you have a little bit of an idea of a thought about Christmas, and I'm going to let you run with it, and then I'll give thoughts as well. Yeah, sounds good. You know, I was trying to think of, I think it was maybe last year or the year before when we recorded a Christmas episode, we talked a little bit about we, all of the kids in our family, there's four of us, we're all able usually to make it back home to your house for Christmas morning. And even though I'm, I just turned 33 and Josh will be 30 and Chrissy 28 or something. 110. Yeah, Yeah, right. Exactly. So you still make us on Christmas morning (laughs) act out the story. So thankfully, because that's not really my thing, right? Right. So thankfully I got to be the reader. You know, I was assigned that role probably 15 years ago. Have you been doing that every year? Yeah, yep. So I just get to read and then everybody else has to play the part. What he means there, in case you're not following totally, is that we read the story out of the Bible and then, well, at this point we have enough grandkids, we got plenty of Jesus. Yeah, to we're going to have around. competing yeah. Jesuses yeah. this year. So, so we act out the story, somebody riding the back of a donkey, somebody giving birth, and we've had three babies born this year, so we got <laughs> babies to go around. It's a lot of babies. Yeah, but acting out the story as in the Christmas play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, um, So thankfully, I get to be the reader, you know, and kind of do my version of plugging into that. But I think because of that focus, because I'm guessing that in most homes that are listening to this, they do something. Maybe they don't do that. Maybe they read the story. Maybe they just talk about it. Maybe they go to uh, church on Christmas Eve and they do something. But we see all of the Christmas stuff is celebrating The nativity is celebrating the birth of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking about that and I thought, you know, obviously the fact that Jesus was born is the reason we're celebrating Christmas, but there's a bigger thing to that that I want to talk about a little bit because in Matthew chapter one, as Joseph and Mary are finding out that Mary is going to give birth to Jesus and Joseph is trying to figure out, okay, how do I 
leave this relationship because this isn't my son and Mary's obviously lying that she got pregnant by the Holy Spirit without cheating on me. So what do I do? And he, he has this vision or this uh, meeting where he's told in a dream, you know, this is real. This, she's not making this up. I got to go back a second. Yeah. I, you know, as you're telling that story, I forgot that Joseph did have in his mind that I'm going to put her away. I'm going yeah. to divorce her. Yeah. And I don't think many of us stop and think about that sure. because we think of, oh, jo- Joseph embraced this, et cetera. But he didn't right away, did no, he? No, no. And, and who would have? Right. Because you know? you're going, really? Seriously? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I didn't think about that. But I mean, the word says he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Yeah. 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 And so in the midst of that, when he's met in this dream and he's like, okay, this is for real. Right after that, in Matthew chapter 1, it says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And then quoting from the Old Testament, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really want to highlight today is You know, I think, like I say, we see the nativity and we act it out and we go to Christmas pageants and all that stuff. And that's all great. It's a great way to be reminded and to celebrate. But I think that when we see this birth played out over and over and over again, it's really easy to get attached more to the idea of this newborn baby than to realize that the birth of Christ meant that God was coming to join his people here on earth, which is a shocking thing. This is God entering into the human story. And Jesus, you know, I think of how many times we talk about looking forward to spending time in heaven, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. we're like, man, it's going to be the perfect place. There's going to be no more crying, no more pain, no more tears, no more disappointment, none of the stuff that makes life challenging and hard and frustrating and sometimes the things that we don't want to go through and deal with. And Jesus left that place, that perfect everything is as it should be so that God could be with us. And to me, that's a mind-blowing thing. That's an unbelievable sacrifice. And obviously, we know the rest of the story, so we know that he didn't just live an ordinary pain-filled life. He lived an excruciatingly pain-filled life, and he was willing to do that so that God could be with us. Mm-hmm. And I want to share a few verses from the beginning of the book of John that I think uh, really drive home this idea of what that looks like. Well, even before you do that, I want to just share with you as you're talking, there's a thought entering my mind that, you know, of course, we all have had some of these thoughts, but it's going deeper than it normally does in terms of going back to the Joseph wanting to reject this thought and it was the exact opposite of what he was thinking. God actually was coming in a new way, at a new level, to join man on earth. And Joseph is rejecting that idea and that thought because it seems so bizarre. It's so out of the normal, out of the ordinary. Yeah. 
And I'm just thinking about how often we in our lives also do the same thing. We're going through something and we look, there's no way this, this makes no sense at all. And it might be, it's a chance that God is trying to be with me and mm-hmm. with my circumstance and situation. So as I'm listening to the story, I'm going, wow, this Christmas story applies to all of us, not only because God is with us, but because he's usually in circumstances and in situations that don't make a lot of sense to us. Yeah. And that's what I see in this story. Yeah, and that we would never choose. Never choose. Yeah. Not want to choose. Yeah, yeah, I love it. That's a great thought. Starting in, I'm going to read the first four verses, the first five verses, and then skip ahead a little bit. John 1, starting in verse 1, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then skipping ahead to verse 14, says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And when I think of Christmas, it might be kind of weird for some people because we think of baby Jesus at Christmas. Mm -hmm. But this is what I think of. The word became flesh Mm -hmm. and made his dwelling among us. And because of that, we got to see who the Father is, and we got to know what God is like because Jesus was willing to come and live life as God with us. And when I read through that, you hear, you know, I'm guessing that most of the people listening are pretty familiar with this passage. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and that kind of thing. When John was writing this, He was using that word that we've translated, or not we, I wasn't part of that, but that someone translated as word. That word in Greek was, it looks like in English, logos, like multiple, someone designed a logo for my company. It looks like that. It's pronounced logos. And what John was doing is he was talking about an idea that in the Greek world, was a huge, huge, huge idea. And there were people that interpreted this different ways. And, you know, this is going to, what I'm going to talk about right now is going to kind of highlight how you and I, Dad, how our brains work a little bit differently. You know, you are super practical and awesome at that. And I'm more uh intellectual yeah i guess not that's that's not the word i was gonna say but yeah Yeah. that's yeah that's kind of how i connect with things yes yeah and so i went back and i looked so so what we mean by that is we can sit and listen to a sermon i'm waiting for the practical idea alan's going well make me think yeah push me don't don't think for me tell me i'm going no dude think tell me so uh, we (laughs) want you to relate to what we're saying here yeah and when i get done speaking he almost (laughs) always says that was good. Uh, you got to <laughs> figure out a way to be more practical. I'm like, I'm doing better at that. Yeah, because, yeah, But true. you are. You are doing it more. Yeah, right. That's, that's why you're doing better because I'm doing what you want. Um, so there, you know, these ancient Greek philosophers, some of the names that are going to be probably familiar to people. Yeah. Uh, the first one is Heraclitus. He, when he used that word, lagos, he meant, the principle of the cosmos that organizes and orders the world. 
what kind of all of being, what makes sense of life, what makes sense of the world. And people continued to build on that. And one of the things I came across I thought was pretty funny was Aristotle. He came later and he was a student of Plato. Mm -hmm. And this thing that I was reading said uh, he studied under Plato, but Aristotle was much more of a practical thinker. So there you go. That's for you. Aristotle. Uh, And he developed this idea of logic, Mm. which was based out of logos. Right. And he started to say, okay, this is what can make the world make sense. Mm. And so when John uses this word, logos, Mm -hmm. he's he's writing in in a way that even if the people who are reading this are coming at it from a not faith perspective, they would understand what he's saying. So he's saying in the beginning was the logos. logos. And the Lagos was with God. And so he's trying to bring people in. And I started to think, okay, he's using language that his world would have understood. Yes. So what would we call that today? You know, so I thought for us listening, we probably would just say God. You know, we'd say in the beginning was God and God was with God and God was God. God. Yeah, Yeah. But we already are there. Yeah. But I started thinking of what other people might call it. Okay. And I thought, you know, I think scientists yeah. would probably call it energy yeah. or atoms right. or the the life force or whatever. Whatever would be that beginning. Being, yeah. yeah. We're yeah. talking about this huge idea yeah. that John is packing into this idea of logos and saying, in Christ, that's all embodied. Mm. That whatever you think of, basically, when you think of what ties life together, of what is life, of what is existence, he's making this bigger than what we think of. And I think he's trying to make it connect Mm. for people who wouldn't have a background of going, yeah, of course, God is everything. He's saying the thing that you think is everything that is what came to live yeah, with us awesome. when Jesus was born. And so mm, that, that verse 14, when he says, the logos, the word, became flesh and made his dwelling among us, that's what we're celebrating yeah. at Christmas. That Jesus, even though it would have been really easy for him yeah. to just stay doing what he was doing where he was and say, hey, I'm in this spot where I never, ever, ever have to suffer. So I'm not really ready to sign up for a life that's going to be defined by suffering. Instead, he wanted to make a way for God to be with us. And so what I want to encourage people to do is not to totally change the way that you think about Christmas and the incarnation because there's, like I say, nothing wrong with thinking through the normal Christmas story. like we do. But I want to encourage people to get that there's a whole nother level that's going on here. Way deeper. And the sacrifice that Jesus made so that God could be with us and let us know 
that in the midst of struggle, in the midst of hope and pain and the ups and downs and everything that comes along with being alive, he signed up to go through that too. Yeah. Which is pretty mind blowing. You it know? is. Well, you know, as you're talking, I'm writing down thoughts and stuff. And the, and the big one I'm writing down is what you said earlier about how we say, um, boy, I can't wait to see heaven. I can't wait to get to heaven. Of course, we aren't there, but no one's going to get in heaven and go, boy, I, I would I would love to be back on earth. Yeah, I would right? love to be, you know, I'd love the opposite of this. And just the fact that's what Jesus did. Yeah. And that's what you're saying here is grasp the depth of that concept. Now, we aren't in heaven yet, so we can't see it. We don't have that advantage. But from what we know, from what we've heard, from the peace we've heard about, it is mind-blowing to think God said, okay, I'm going to do this the exact opposite to show them how much I love them. Yeah. And then, for me, it's also just, and then still understanding how rejected he was. Yeah. And he is. He went down and did it, and man rejected him, killed yeah. him. Yeah. Well, they didn't kill him, but they took his life because he allowed it to be laid down. But but it's amazing to me that we miss that whole concept probably at Christmas time because we're thinking because we just had a new grandkids born in our family. Your brother just had one. Your sister just had one. The other sister's gonna have a baby. When that happens, those are joyous times. The yeah. texts that go out are like, oh, it's awesome. This is good. They didn't have that same experience. It was almost a situation where it's like, well, we got to figure out how to hide this baby. We got to figure out how to keep the world from attacking this child. Yeah. And so it's just the opposite what God went through in a total sacrificial moment. The family has to defend the situation they're in. It's crazy. Yeah. And we don't stop and think about that very often. No, definitely. I I don't. Yeah. And that was why you know really as we were getting ready to record this. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like there's only so many quote-unquote Christmas messages <laughs> yeah, exactly, that you can yeah. do before well, you're like... That's what I said like, to you, Alan. Come up with a Christmas <laughs> right, message. Yeah, exactly. it's like, well, okay, how do you have a new take on yes. the birth of Jesus? Yes. And that's what got me thinking about this. And it, it made me start to think of the fact that it's really, it's cuter, right, to right. boil it down yeah, to it the birth of a baby. Yeah, for sure. Um, but when we stop and think that what was happening yeah. here... Yeah. is God yes. came and, mm-hmm. and you know, can you think of a bigger, I don't, not wake up call, but a bigger uh, opposite thing than being all powerful and being in a place with no pain and no yeah. suffering and no death and none of that stuff. Yeah. And then becoming a baby, yeah. completely helpless completely at the mercy of the people around mm-hmm. to take care of you. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you see babies that right. defenseless, helpless. They Nothing. can't, all they can do is cry. hold their head up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All they can do is cry. When I went and, um, and visited as my sister just gave yeah. birth, I went to the hospital and, you know, she's like, do you want to hold her? And I've never been comfortable holding babies because I'm like, <laughs> I'm scared when I take my phone out of its case to yeah. like clean it off. I'm right. scared I'm going to drop it. Yeah. I'm like, man, this is a baby. Like, right. this is crazy. I'm too scared, you know? Yeah. So I was like, if I sit down you, and I get my arms ready, you can put her in my arms, you, you know, but there's nothing more defenseless and right. helpless and right. the opposite of mm-hmm. all powerful, yes. this huge logos, yes. this the force that makes the universe 
exist yes. and work yes. to a baby. Yeah. Um, that was what God was willing to do to show I want to be in relationship with you. I love it. And to me, that's a thought that makes us ponder for a moment. That's our goal today is to make you just take a minute and ponder that idea that God would do what he did to give us and show us the ultimate love. And this year, as you swoop through Christmas, as you do the different things, events, etc., somewhere take a moment to pause and consider the thoughts that are being shared with you today that are deeper than what you can just see. That's great. And that's what our goal is here at Winning at Home, uh, with your family, helping you take moments to consider how you might be closer to each other. If you go to our website, if you do that often, you'll see different things from our counselors and from us that just give you tips and ideas on how to grow in your family life. That's exactly what this Christmas thought is. It's a way to ponder and consider how much deeper God loves us than maybe we just take for granted every day. And so as you celebrate this year with your family, maybe you do like us, act out the Christmas story, you do your thing, take a moment in there to remind your, your family how deep and how wide and how great is the love that came in the form of a helpless baby, but was the Logos. It was the power of the universe. And that's a wonderful thought I pray you'll use. I pray it will minister to you as you go through this Christmas season. Thank you again for being partners with us. I hope you have a wonderful time with your family as you head into the new year. May Christ be with you, and may his grace be over you. And let me just close in asking God to bless us as we finish this year, head into 2019, uh, asking the Lord to guide us. And so, Father, we do just that. We ask you to be with us as people. We pray that we would be holy and true and righteous as we look into finishing this year and beginning the next. May our families be drawn closer to you. And, Lord, with all our imperfections, still use us so that we might bring honor and praise to your name. Let the name of Christ, that powerful Logos that came in the beginning, may it continue through our families and through our lives. And we thank you today for this opportunity. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Alan, for the thought, man. It was awesome. I was taking notes as you were sharing. Appreciate oh, for it. sure. Yeah, glad to do it. Hey, and we look forward to talking to you again as we head into the new year. Bless your new year. And again, I hope you have a great Christmas season with your family.